This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. So here is the title of our message today. It is titled, Why Adam Called His Wife Eve. And of course, that's something that I think oftentimes we ask ourselves, why did Adam call his wife Eve? Because as you know, Adam was the one who named her Eve. It wasn't God that did that. Adam did that. The man called the woman Eve. And you know, oftentimes, you know, we ask that question and some folks will say, well, because she's the mother of all living. That's what the Bible says. And that's true. It's partly true. <clears throat> it's not everything there is to it, but that's one of the reasons. Because if you look at, um, I think it's Genesis 2.23, we don't have it on the screen. But in Genesis 2.23, you see that God made man out of the dust from the ground. And then after a while, he made woman out of man. He took a rib out, as you know, says the Bible. And so <clears throat> when Adam saw Eve, at that point, he called her woman. A woman, however we say it with our accents. But so he was known as the man. He was also known as Adam. And he called her woman at first. And then down the line, you'll see that he changes that and he calls her Eve. And so <clears throat> there's a lot to be seen here. And that's what we're going to do today. We are going to look and see why Adam chose to call, or you could say rename the woman and call her Eve. Because there's a very powerful truth that we see there that is very applicable to us and encouraging for us and a blessing to us. So let's begin by looking at Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 from the King James translation. Watch this. It says, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Now watch this in verse 2. Male and female created he them. So God created them as male and female. Now watch this. And bless them. Now that's another way of saying he blessed them as he created them. But also you'll see that it has to do with their union or their marriage. Watch this now that is the next part. And called, watch this, their name Adam in the day when they were created. So notice, I've made it a different color there so you can see it and I've emboldened it. God himself, when he created them, male and female, he created them collectively, or he, he, uh, he named them at least collectively. He named them both Adam. So this is how they were known as husband and wife to God. God called them both Adam. So yes, he was the man. Yes, she was the woman taken out of man. And Adam called her woman. He says this, she will now be woman. But God himself saw them as Adam. That was their name together. So when God would say Adam, he was speaking to them both. And so that's the first thing that we see there. Now what I'd like to do is I'd like to show you from an original source what that word Adam actually means. As you know, in our modern languages, such as English, 
you know, we name someone, but we don't really know what that name means. If you want to know what someone's name means, you need to go look it up. <laughs> and then you look at, depending on the source that you look up, hopefully you'll get to the real meaning of that name. Uh, and so, you know, when you look for many, you look at your name, you have to go look it up and see what it means. You may know what it means. And so it's, it's like that in our languages, but in the Hebrew language, you call someone what their name meant. Like, for example, you know, we know Abraham as Abraham. But in Hebrew, you wouldn't say Abraham. You would actually say father of many nations, which is what God called him, remember? And so that's the way he would present himself. That's what the way he would introduce himself. You know, if someone came to him and said, hi, you know, great to meet you. He would say, hello, I am the father of many nations. He wouldn't say Abraham. And then they would have to look up his name. And so it's the same thing here as we see in, in the original here. When God called them Adam, in English we see Adam. But in actual fact, he called them what their name meant. And so that's what I want to show you here. And so we're going to look at the olive tree in Hans Strong's dictionary to see what Adam actually means. So let's have that on the screen now. Now watch us now. <clears throat> Firstly, Adam, there's the Hebrew word number if you want to go look it up and how it's written in modern Hebrew. And then you pronounce it something to the effect of Adam. Adam. Okay. And so notice it says there that it comes from another Hebrew root. So this is the etymology of the word. It comes from 119. And here's what the word Adam means. It means ruddy. That is a human being, an individual, or, watch us, the species, mankind, and so forth. And so from that so far, we see that when God called their name Adam, what he was really saying is mankind. He, he was referring to them both as mankind. <clears throat> That's what he called them. So now, interesting, remember that it says there that it comes from 119. So I've got below that, I've got that 119. Let's see what that is. And it is the word Adam. So whenever there's a little hyphen, a little thingy on top of a letter, you stretch it a little bit. So for example, Adam would be Adam. And so when you see it below that, you'll see there's one just on the first day. So Adam. And so that word means to show blood in the face. That is flush or turn rosy. Be dyed, made, red, ruddy. Alright, so what that in essence is telling us is, is that Adam, or should I say Adam and Eve as we know them now, both of them looked, had a similar complexion and they looked the same. For example, you looking at me now, you can see that I am alive by the blood that flows in my body. And it is that blood, that red blood, that makes me look ruddy, it makes me flushy, it makes me look rosy. Because, and again, I don't mean to be crude or anything, but if you were to see a corpse that has no blood flowing through it, or blood that has been drained out of it, it doesn't look flushy, it doesn't look rosy, it doesn't look ruddy, it looks pale and almost white. And as it decays, of course, it loses its color completely. And so, I know that I've heard some people say, well, Adam must have had red hair, and he must have had freckles. No, that's not what this is saying. This is talking about 
when blood flows in a human body, we look a certain way. When it doesn't, we look a totally different way. And so that's what this is describing. So it's talking about the living, you know, someone who has blood flowing through them. And so when God called them mankind, or you could say humanity, that's what he was referring to. He was referring to the fact that they were living because they had blood flowing through them. And so that's what he called them. Now, not only did God name them mankind, but he also, through that, gave them a picture of marriage. In other words, where husband and wife become one. This is why it says he called their name Adam. In other words, he married them right there and then, and they became husband and wife. So again, this is God showing them a picture, showing us a picture of what marriage is to be. And of course, we know this, and it's not on the screen, but Genesis 2.24 is the reference where we see that the two shall become one. This is why he called them Adam. And so this is why today, you know, we take on each other's name. We get identified the same. For example, Helene and I, and you know, even Gabby, our daughter, we're known as the Bravos. We're all Bravo. Uh, it's a similar thing. This is where this comes from. And so <clears throat> there we see that so far. Now, listen to this carefully. Before the fall, God called them Adam. Adam, remember? But here's the interesting thing. After the fall, Adam names his wife Eve. So let me explain that again. Before the fall, God created man. Then he created woman out of man. And the man called her woman. And then God marries them and he calls them Adam. And I've explained what that means already. That's before the fall. But then the fall happens, and all of a sudden, Adam names her, or renames her, Eve. He gives her a different name. And there's a reason for that. But that only happened after the fall. If the fall had not happened, God would have known them as Adam, as Adam. He was the one that gave her that name after the fall. And I'm going to explain to you in a moment why. So let's have a look at Genesis 3 verse 20 now as we continue looking at this subject here and what we're studying here today. Genesis 3.20. Watch this. This is now after the fall. And Adam called his wife's name Eve. See that? His wife's name. So this is now after God had married them and called them Adam. So Adam called her now Eve. And then it explains why. Because she was the mother of all living. So that kind of gives us a clue that the name Eve within it carries the meaning of being the mother of all living. Which makes sense because she would bear the children and she would give birth to the children. And thus she would be the mother of all of us. Ultimately our ancestry goes right back to her. And so that's, that's part of the reason why Adam called her Eve. But there's more to it. You'll see that in a moment. And so, <clears throat> alright, so the first reason why he called her Eve is because she would bear, carry, and give birth to their offspring. That's the first reason. There's another greater reason which I'm about to show you. Now, just for interest's sake, since seeing, uh, seeing that we're looking at the meaning of names, let's have a look and see what Eve's name means in the original from the same source, the Olive Tree Enhanced Strong's Dictionary. This is Strong's Dictionary in essence. 
Watch this. There it is. Eve. There's the number. There's the way it's in the modern Hebrew. And it is the word uh, Shavah. So notice again. Shavah. Okay. Now watch this. It says there that causatively, in other words, by cause, it comes from the word 2331. In other words, whatever this meaning carries, it is because of the original meaning, and you have to attach the original meaning to it to see the cause of this meaning. In other words, you have to put them together. And so, so what Hava means, it means life giver. And you pronounce it as Shava. I think I said it wrong in a moment. Or Eve, which is the first woman, Eve. Now, let's have a look at that original root where it comes from. It's below that. It is the word Shava. So again, it's extended. See that? And properly it means to live. By implication, here it is, intensively to declare or show, show. So, watch this. Now remember, the initial meaning of Eve is causatively from the root meaning. So in other words, you, you need to put it this way. Adam called his wife life giver by declaration because the root talks about declaration. And it means life giver. So that's one way you could put it together. So I trust that this is making sense. So in essence, what Adam, when Adam called her Eve, as we know it in English, in the Hebrew, what he actually called her is life giver by declaration. Or, better put, more specifically, it should be the declarer of the giving of life. Interesting, isn't it? So what Eve actually means from the original, put together with its etymology, its root meaning, is the declarer of the giving of life. This is why I said to you, the fact that she bore children and gave birth to their offspring is the first meaning. But the more accurate specific meaning of her name is the declarer of the giving of life. So, so she basically <clears throat> was the proclamation of the giving of life. Interesting, isn't it? And so that's the second and more important reason of her name. I'm going to explain it all in a moment. Now, what was it about the fall then that compelled Adam to call the woman or his wife the declarer of the giving of life? Because remember, this happened after the fall. Before the fall, he didn't even think about giving her another name. But after the fall, after it happened, he decided, I need to call her the clearer of the giving of life. Why did he do that? Well, let's think about some things here for a moment. Uh, yes, firstly, because he called her Eve, because she was the one that would bear their children and give birth to their natural children. But, listen to this carefully. She would not be the one giving them life. Eve and no human being has the capacity to give anyone life. This is why she was the declarer of the giving of life. The source of life did not come from her. She didn't give them life. I know my mom, and you know, she understood, and she, but she, she was trying to make a greater point. She would say to me, don't forget, whenever I would make her upset or something, she would say, don't forget, I gave you life, I can take it away. Now, I know that oftentimes we use it that way, but the fact of the matter is, scripturally speaking, no one gives anyone else life. 
It is God who gives life. Scripture shows us clearly that God is the one and only one who gives life. This is why when Adam called her Eve, which means the declarer of the giving of life, and she would also bear their children and give birth to them, that doesn't mean that she gave them life. She was the declarer of the giving of life. In other words, she was declaring what came from God. And so God is the one who gives love. Let's have a look at that real quick. Genesis 2 verse 7. Watch this now. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and watch this, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So where did the life that Adam had, and even the rest of us have, where did it come from? From God. God is the only one that can breathe the breath of life into us. And then, Acts 17, verse 25, this is talking about God. Watch what it says. Nor is He served by human hands, as though He needed anything. Watch this. Because it is He who gives to all people life and breath and all things. I mean, there's two portions there. There's others that show us that only God is the giver of life. Only God gives life. Yes, women fall pregnant. Yes, they bear the children for the pre you know, throughout their pregnancy. Yes, they give birth to them. But the life that they have comes from God. This is one of the reasons why Adam called her Eve, or better put in the original, the proclaimer or the declarer of the giving of life. In other words, the one who reveals the greater one who gave life to this person, to this human being. But it actually extends further than that. And I'm going to, to, I'm going to show you that in a moment. So this is why the man called the woman the declarer of the giving of life. Not because she gave life to anyone, but because she declared life through childbirth. The life that God had given that person. In other words, the greater reason why she was called Eve is because she would prophetically, listen to this carefully now, because now we're taking it to the next dimension. She would prophetically proclaim a message of the giving of life. This is why he called it the declarer, the proclaimer of the giving of life. In other words, prophetically, she would be proclaiming life, the giving of life, is going to come through me. It is going to flow through me. That's what she was saying. So, let me explain what I mean. Let's have a look at Genesis 3 verse 19. Now, this is what happened prior to Adam naming Eve. Okay? So, don't forget this. Remember what I just said. This happened just prior. It's in actual fact, it's the verse before the, the, the one we've just read. What happened prior to Adam naming Eve. Watch this. This is right after the fall. God says this, to them in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of it thou was taken for dust thou art and unto dust thou shalt return so this is right after the fall adam and eve mess up and so god declares what would happen this is known as the curse unfortunately because that's what happened as a result of their disobedience. So, this is the fall. Now remember, he named her 
proclaimer, the declarer of the giving of life after this. And so I'm explaining to you why he did that. And so God basically tells him here in essence that after the fall, God in essence told him that their descendants, they, that them and their descendants would die physically. So now they would experience physical death. Why? Because they had now lost the life of God that they had. Remember, before the fall, they had the perfect life of God. After the fall, they lost it. This is why they would die physically. Otherwise, they would be eternally doomed, damned in that condition. So they lost the life of God. But then also, at the same time when God proclaimed it to them, God also revealed to them that there would be redemption in one born from the woman. It may not have been Eve herself, but I think Adam may have thought it would be him, her, but this is why he called her that. But he, God revealed it to them. It would be the one who would restore the life of God to humanity. This is why after the fall, after hearing God, and seeing what had just happened and what the decision just caused, what it did, Adam then renamed her or called her Eve. In other words, the declarer of the giving of life. In other words, what Adam was in essence saying, your name is going to be the one who is going to proclaim and remind us that God will restore to us the life we've lost through one born through you. That's in essence the real meaning of her name. That's in essence what her name means, what he was saying. So prophetically from then on, she would be the declaration that yes, we've messed up. Yes, we have now have to face this fallen world and you know sinfulness and what we've done. But I am the proclaimer. I am the reminder to all of humanity that God, there's going to be one born through, from among women, through my descendants, through me. There is going to be one born who will restore the life of God back to us. Talking about Jesus. Right there within the very beginning, God embedded in her. And Adam knew this. Now remember, Adam is the one that gave her that name. But it's because he understood what would happen. And you may say, well, how did Adam know that this was going to be the case? Look at Genesis 3.21. All within the same context right there. Look at this. Unto Adam, this is now after the fall again. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, watch this, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Remember God came down in the cool of the day after the fall. And he called for Adam. He was calling for them both because he called them Adam. And the man responded. They were hiding. Remember they found fig leaves to try and cover themselves. And he said, we, were, we realized we were naked and we were ashamed. Guilt, shame, and condemnation kicked in. And God said, who told you that you were? In other words, you know, he, he, he knew, but he, he was trying to help them understand what was going on. Long story short, God then, I mean, you have to ask yourself, where did God find those uh, coats of skin? He had to sacrifice animals, which is a type of Jesus. Because remember, throughout the old covenant, that's what they did. They sacrificed specific animals, which are all a type of Jesus and point to Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. And so God, in essence, showed them how to atone until the cross for their sin. 
Meaning that in all of that, God revealed to them that eventually there would be one born from among women, from the descendants of Eve, the declarer of the giving of life. There would be one born who would actually restore life to us. So they knew through that action what happened. And we see that in Cain and Abel. When they brought their sacrifices, one brought the right sacrifice, which was a sacrifice animal. The other didn't. That shows you that they knew what they should do, and Cain just chose to do his own thing. That's why God was displeased with his sacrifice, because it wasn't the type of Jesus. It could not be accepted. And so <clears throat> we see that from there, that they understood about redemption. They understood. So immediately Adam realized there is going to be one born from her that will restore the life of God to us. This is why he called her the proclaimer of the giving of life. Praise God. Amen. And so, you see, the other thing too that Adam understood was the power of his words. You know, he was created with that power. And in actual fact, I don't think he even realized that he had that ability and power that God created him with until God got him to name the animals. And so this is why he chose to solidify this hope and rest for humanity by calling his wife the declarer of the giving of life. You see, prophetically, he was referring to the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world who would restore the life of God to us. Let me show you this about the power of words so that we understand why Adam chose to Call her Eve because he understood the power of his words. He understood the power of naming and what it would do in her life, in his life, and in all of our lives. Because every time we read about Eve, understanding her name more so now, we would know even from the very beginning, every single woman, every woman starting with Eve was a declaration of the giving of love. The promised one is coming who will restore life to us through her. That's in essence what it was. Look at this in Genesis 2 verse 19 and 20. Now watch us now about the power of words. This is before the fall and before Eve. Okay, so what we're about to read now, we're going back. This is before the fall happened. This is before God created Eve. Okay, watch us now. It says in verse 19, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see, watch this, what he would call them. Interesting. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found an help meet for him. So you can see the way it ends, that this is before even Eve was created. Right after this, God created Eve. But you see here that in essence, God creates all these creatures. And he could have named them himself. He could have just told Adam, this is this, and this is that, and this is its name, this is its nature, this is its character. But no, he lets Adam name them. And it wasn't just for fun, because you'll see, and I'm about to show you, when it says there that God, that He would call them, what He would call them, and that would be their name, 
It actually is something deeper than that. And so let me show you that uh, from the Vines Expository Dictionary. Let's go back to that uh, portion there. Watch the word call. It says to see what he, he, that's Adam, would call them. That word call, which is the very same thing that God used, the very same word when, when it says God called them Adam. It's the very same word where it says that Adam called her Eve. It's the very same Hebrew word, okay? And so we see that it says call. Let me show you that word call from the Vines Expository Dictionary. I've taken an excerpt uh, because there's just so much in the definition. We won't have time to cover it all. But I want to show you what's applicable and relevant to what I'm sharing with you today. So here it is. Watch this. The word call. <clears throat> there you see it in the modern Hebrew. And it's the word, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, kara. Okay. And here's what it means, part of it. Calling or naming. Watch this now. An individual may specify the individual's primary characteristic. In other words, by naming all, all the creatures, Adam was in essence determining their nature and purpose, which is their characteristic. And God let him do that. Isn't that powerful? So it wasn't just you know, for fun or anything, just to, so you can have a little bit of ownership. No, God actually created all the creatures and he brought them to Adam, having given Adam the power, the ability of words to the extent that whatever Adam called them, that would become the nature, the characteristic, the purpose of that creature. So when Adam said, this is a seagull, <laughs> that bird would now adapt, adapt itself to the sea, living by the sea, and do what seagulls do. So in essence, he, his words programmed the nature, the character of each animal. It's pretty powerful. So now that we understand this, by Adam realizing, because after naming all the animals, I'm sure you see and you realize that he understood that he had a power within him, which is the power of words. You see, this is why our words are so powerful. This is why speaking is so important. You know, when we speak bad about ourselves, we don't realize we're releasing power. We're actually working against ourselves. When we speak negative things over those around us, our loved ones, we're actually releasing power that can affect them. This is why what we say about ourselves, what we say about others is so important. You know, and so, but this is the power that God created us with. He created us with the ability to use our words that release power that can affect situations, that can change even those that are our kin, because that's what they can do. And so this is why Adam, understanding this now and seeing the power of his words affect and change every creature God created by naming them, he realized after the fall, I need to give Eve a name that would hold on to the promise of God that there would be redemption for us, that there would be one born through her that would give life, would restore the life of God to us. So I am going to call her the declarer, the proclaimer of the giving of life. Or you could say the one who would give life to us, who would come through her. 
I trust that this is making sense and you're getting it because it is so powerful. It is so awesome. Amen. It's powerful. I mean, God let him do that. And so understanding that this is why Adam, after the fall, gave Eve that name. It was to give himself hope. It was to give her hope. And it was to give the rest of us hope in the knowing that, yes, she will bear children. But ultimately, through her, through one of her descendants, is going to be born a child who would restore the life of God to us. So I'm going to call her the declarer, the proclaimer of the one who would give, restore life to us. That's in essence what her name means. And so <clears throat> praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. So Eve was the prophetic proclamation of the birth of Jesus, the giver of life to us all who receive salvation in Jesus. Amen. Praise God for that. Now, let me share another aspect <clears throat> about this as we continue. Remember that Adam was made from the ground. Therefore, he represents our physical dying bodies. Eve was made out of man, thus representing our eternal spirit. That's another type and shadow that we see there. And I've studied it all. And, and if I were to share it with you, this will be a weeks and weeks long series. But that's in essence what they represent. He was created out of the ground. Therefore, he represents our physical dying bodies because we will return to dust. She was created out of man, from the inside of man. Thus, she represents our eternal spirit. And so, this is why Adam called her Eve. Because through her, the Messiah would eventually be born and give eternal life to all who receive salvation in him through their spirit. Their spirit would be born again, in essence. Now, Adam, because of a, he understood the power of words, Adam wanted Eve to be characterized as the one through whom not only the living would be born, but also as the one through whom the ultimate life giver would be born. It's so powerful. And in actual fact, um, the Matthew Henry's concise commentary pretty much explains that and says the same thing and verifies what I've just told you. So let's read that portion of his commentary. Watch this. Watch what he says, Matthew Henry. And as you know, he was a great scholar, one who is still influences today through his commentary. Watch this now. Watch what he says. God named the man and called him Adam, which signifies red earth. Adam named the woman and called her Eve. That is life. Adam bears the name of the dying body, Eve of the living soul, or you could say spirit. Adam probably had regard to the blessing of a redeemer, the promised seed, in calling his wife Eve or life. For he should be the life of all believers, and in him all the families of the earth should be blessed. So in essence, he's basically saying what I just told you before that. The reason why after the fall, he gave her that name specifically is because, you know, he, they presented themselves to God as fallen. God said, what have you done? And then God immediately goes and sacrifices two animals, coats, gives them those coats as clothing. But in all of that reveals to them until the cross, 
you need to sacrifice a turn for your sin, which is a type of Jesus. But there is going to be a time when through the woman or one of her descendants, the life giver will be born. My son will be born and he will restore the life of God to everyone who would receive him, who would receive salvation in him. And so Adam realized that and Eve. And this is why he says, I am now going to call you the proclaimer, the declarer of the giving of life who would come through you. Talking about Jesus. Powerful. Amen. So every time he saw Eve, he would know there is going to be redemption. There is going to be one who's going to be born through her. We messed up. The devil deceived her. But here we are. And I mean, he, the devil deceived her. Adam willfully sinned. And so this is why Adam is held to account more than Eve. But the point is, is that this is why he would declare that over her. And of course, we know now, <laughs> thousands of years ahead of, you know, forward, forwarding thousands of years, we know now that this prophetic proclamation of redemption was fulfilled and you and I get to live in it. Watch us in Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5 from the New Living Translation. It says, But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, there it is, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, watch this, so that He could adopt us as His very own children. How would that be possible? Because He would give us the life of God. He would restore the life of God to us who receive salvation in Him. But notice, He would be born through a woman, through a descendant of Eve, the proclaimer, the declarer. So the fact that her name proclaimed and declared that was a reminder that there is redemption coming. There is one who is going to be born through her. You see, this is one of the reasons why I believe the devil hates the birth of a child. The devil hates, you know, <laughs> what we do as humans in having children and families. And this is why he tried to stop Jesus, Jesus from being born. This is why Joseph and Mary had to flee, warned by an angel. This is why they went through that whole journey. Because he was the promised. And he was the proclamation of that promise. That's what her name means. Look at this in 1 John 5 verse 11 and 12. It says, and this is what God has testified. Watch this. He has given us, watch this, talking about Jesus, eternal life. Talking about God. And this life is in His Son. That's Jesus. So notice, this is what God has testified. And this is connecting it back to Eve, to the name Eve, who proclaimed this. And He says, now God is testifying that. And it says, he has given us eternal life and He's given it to us through His Son, Jesus. So what Eve's name meant came to pass. Whoever has the Son, watch us, has life. The life of God, that is. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. That's the life of God. And so we know that this was fulfilled ultimately. And you and I get to live in that reality today. Amen. So this is why, remember I said to you, this is more of a study, this is more an informational study, but it blesses us to know that, amen? So this is why Adam called his wife Eve. It's to let us know and to give us the hope that comes from receiving 
salvation in Jesus. That is what she was proclaiming. That, was, that is how she was known. And that is how you and I can see that from the very beginning, God let us know through so many different means, through so many different ways, there is redemption. So, how does this apply to us? What does this do for us besides just knowing and getting more head knowledge, perhaps, and revelation of you know, the things of God? It gives us confirmation. It gives us certainty. It increases our assurance that we are on the path that God intended as far as receiving redemption in Jesus, salvation in Jesus. We can be confident in our salvation in Jesus. Amen. Why? Because God from the very beginning <laughs> had purposed it all for us. Amen. The Praise God. Praise God. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.